Mista, apparently one of his hobbies is like busting on people who badmouth actors outside movie theaters. And weirdly enough, this is a scenario that Iraqi will return to <laughs> as part of someone's backstory. It is possible <laughs> that a certain famous backstory about someone getting the shit kicked out of them outside a movie theater could be related. Somehow, yeah. We will, 20 years from now, <laughs> yeah. we will return to this. But yeah, so I like- put a big old pin in that. I forgot that this was part of his backstory. When it came up, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, yeah. in terms of themes that Iraqi can't get off, like, it's so weird to me because it's like, there's the stuff I would like to see him explore more. And then there's the things that actually interest Hirohiko Iraqi. <laughs> and like, I had no idea that someone getting attacked outside a movie theater for bad-mouthing a starlet- was something that do, he was like again. Do you think he's been attacked or done the attacking? Maybe in he his saw life? it and just it's like he can't like stop thinking about Rohan it. Rohan sits us all down and he's like, "Okay, I have a story to tell you about <laughs> a man who once said something bad about an actress." Yeah, that would be that would be that's probably going to be the next issue of this book, Kashibe Rohan. Yeah, so yeah. we also know from Mista's character sheet. Thank God. Araki made a very thorough character sheet yeah. for all these characters. I think Courtney might want to say something about this. So Mista's favorite movies. And this is this isn't we didn't make this up. You would think we did. But canonically, according to Araki himself, Mista's favorite films are Pretty Woman and The Bridges of Madison County. So Mista would get along really well with Rohan then. Apparently, yes. Okay, so I have never seen either movie. As a person who exists in society, I know all about Pretty Woman, but can you explain to those of us who have not seen Bridges of Madison County what it is and why liking it means you're gay? Well, so I've only ever <laughs> listened to the audiobook while on a road trip with my mother, which is, I think, an even gayer way to engage with that than just reading the book. <laughs> but if I remember correctly, I think I can summarize it as lonely housewife cheats on her husband with a hot traveling guy. <laughs> Have, I, mean, I it, could be a, confusing it with the horse whisperer though. They're basically the same book. I don't recall, but I do think that uh, it, it was an extremely popular movie. It was kind of like, have you seen The Notebook? Or no, but I know of, all about. Yeah, the exactly. Notebook. So it's basically like The Notebook, but ten years before, like for a for a half generation prior. It right. was just that thing. So Mister like, likes chick flicks. Yes. Yeah, he likes chick flicks. Yes. Um, and he likes like, but it's weird because those are two different kinds of chick flicks. Yeah, one, like one's, one's a rom com. Right? One's a romantic comedy, and the other one is definitely like a a weepy like straight up romance. What? What? Well, and also it's sort of part of what would have been known like pre-code as like a woman's film, which is just, it's a drama that is centered around the problems of women. Right. And so it's like, it's definitely very weepy and emotional, but it's like, it's sort of like, you know, have the body, it's not like a happy ending right. kind of movie. It's just about the existential problems of being a woman in society. And it is, this one happens to be about like how you're not getting laid. Right. I right. guess. I'm sure there's more to it than that. I'm sorry. But like <laughs> if only I had some sort of technology that could tell me the plot. <laughs> Um, that and, technology doesn't exist. And if only I cared, you know, like Bridges of Madison County was spoiler actually, alert. It was a recent release when Iraqi was writing this. Okay. It came so out. So it was Iraqi's favorite movie. It was a phenomenon. Like yeah, Twilight for middle-aged women. Just like yeah, basically. Huge. So you mean like Twilight, Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah, yes. but like less horny yeah. and more about the prairie. Welcome to JoJo's Bizarre Explainer, a podcast about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm Darius Kazemi. I'm Elizabeth Simmons. And I'm Courtney Stanton. And today we're going to talk to you about Mista. Yay! 
Mr. was born with his belly button out and he will die with his belly button out. So his pre-stand outfit is already like a, like at least like a second tier villain character design. Yeah. Like walking down the street, he definitely like sticks out. I think he's bought some kind of short sleeve shirt dress that he's just chosen to button like partly two or three buttons on in well, the upper half and then just let the rest of it flap around like a coat. Well, if you're free with buttons, anything can show your midriff. That's true. Let your freak flag fly. I also appreciate that he's wearing baggy khakis, which is the 90s representation that we've all been missing. Again, it's just, it's too real. I don't know if anyone else actually remembers what teenagers dress like in the mid 90s, but it was bad. It was all like, go watch Dawson's Creek. No, don't. Don't that, do that. But I'm just saying, that's, <laughs> find screen caps of the clothing that the boys were wearing. And you'll be like, why did they did they all shrink just before filming? <laughs> no. Everyone wore horrible, like, knitted khaki things that were about three sizes too big. It's not a good look. Sorry. Mr. loves to sleep. He does. He loves naps. He loves wine and cheese. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Like, so Relatable. The, the he loves pro- chilling. The problem with Mr. is that I relate too much to him. Like, just every single fact about him. I'm like, yep, that's true. That's very correct. That's uh, how, this is how I am with Jorno. I'm like, yep. Yeah. I relate to him because I, too, am God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm just <laughs> laughing next to you. <laughs> But yeah, he just is, you know, a chill, cool guy who thinks he's supposed to hit on women, so he tries. It's pretty cute. <laughs> it's like, just like, I love how the detail is just like, he like calls out to women and they ignore him and he keeps walking and it's fine with it. Yeah. It's like, you want to hang out? No. Equally good with that. You know, like, all right, yeah. fine. I like the idea of him being like simple-minded but not stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's an evolution of Okiyasu. Where he is. he's, I, I, and I, again, like I have very strong dissociative vibes off Mr. Where it's just like, you know, he's just like fine with things. He doesn't overthink things. And then suddenly he's a hundred percent doing them. It's like, yes, that is, that is what it's like when your system makes decisions for you. Yeah. So Mr. <laughs> much like many of the other Vento Oreo boys, Mr. has a kind of like trauma backstory type thing where I mean, he happens upon. I, I don't know what's so traumatic about murdering four people. He, <laughs> he happens upon this woman who is being assaulted very, very graphically in the back of a car. Yeah, I like, I don't remember what it's like in the manga, but I... Re- well, it's definitely not moving. Well, yeah. yeah. But like, I definitely, I don't remember how many panels it is. I assume it's probably just like one panel. Yeah, I have no idea. These backstories are very short. Yeah. Right. So, but I just like the whole, th- every time I watch this episode, I'm just like, you know, you could cut at any point. I mean, like it goes on for too long. It to remind me. it reminds me of the Angelo like child yeah. assault stuff that happens during his backstory in part four. And I just again, I'm like, this could be a dog. They could yeah. be kicking a dog to death. Basically, and- what we're saying is we would always rather it be a dog. Yes, yeah. and it usually is. So and it I would think be I'm, more on brand. I'm I'm more sensitive to it when because it doesn't happen very often in the show, which I appreciate. But also, I'm just like I don't. I don't like it. I'm I'm just taking the bold stance that I don't like violence against women. Also, I guess this is true that, you know, people firing wildly, even at point blank range, can miss you. The narrator says, like, after the first two missed, the rest of them missed. And at this point, it's a miracle. Yes. You know, like, so. And it keeps happening. Like, so Mista, it's made pretty clear to us that Mista is in the process of realizing that he has some sort of bullet-related supernatural power so i feel like even if he didn't get arrowed by the lighter which is, i'm assuming they've all been arrowed by the lighter i know if, if like, they joined yeah. bukalati's gang 
That's true. But so I feel like this is just sort of like he maybe would have manifested a stand anyway. It's I think what we're supposed to take from this that it's like he can't see the bullets moving. Like he can't see sex pistols moving the bullets around, but like some part of him is moving the bullets around. Yes. He's like in Sailor Moon, how like, how like Sailor Mars before she is a sailor guardian, like has spiritual powers. Oh, right. Because she's a a Shinto maiden. Yeah. Yeah. So like she. I love we both like, yeah, obviously we (laughs) we totally know Sailor Mars' backstory. Yeah. So like she's a shrine maiden, which means that she already has power to like seal evil and like detect evil. Um, And she has like two crow familiars. And then she becomes a sailor guardian and has all her sailor guardian powers that are linked to her spiritual powers. Yeah, I, I agree. So Mista is basically just Sailor Ray Hino. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, I, I buy it. Yeah. Same. I mean, that's. Wait, that's, are we, now we have to cast all of them as sailors. Jorno's obviously Sailor Moon. Is he though? He's probably Sailor Venus. I think he's actually Sailor Saturn. I don't know the other okay. ones. Sailor Saturn is the one who's like a little kid who has like huge powers and she's the guardian of destruction and rebirth. All right. Um, and <laughs> uses a scythe to end the universe and wow. make a new one. All right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. that's pretty Jorno. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're saying Mr. Sailor Mars. Sure. Um, but only because of that one because thing. Because of that. Uh, well, so I don't Bruno know. and Abakio are obviously Neptune and yes. Uranus. Yes. Duh. Yeah. I mean, Narancha might be Usagi, actually. Oh, Yeah. Because I could see it. he's like <laughs> an a, airhead. a baby and an airhead. <laughs> he cries yeah. a lot. I love Usagi, though. Yeah. And Narancha's. I didn't talk about it in the last episode, but there's a like a, an ongoing meme, or at least it was happening while this season was airing, where like people would take whatever screenshot of the week of Narancha with tears in his eyes because it's pretty much every week and then they'd find one of those pictures of like kittens crying or like sad cats and just put them next to each other and it's, I think there's probably a Twitter account at this point with <laughs> Narancha as cats because he is like he's just he's just a fucking upset kitten while we're talking about Mista's backstory I want to talk yeah. about <laughs> his what? are we huh? are we <laughs> I want to talk about his ultimate backstory. Oh, right. Who his, his dad is. His yes. origin, his ultimate origin, which is why he has these powers inside him before he even gets arrow. I mean, it all right? fits. It all fits. Darius is in front of the conspiracy board. Oh, right yeah. Now. Yeah. Who, you know, so we think back to, okay, Mista has a gun stand. Who else has a gun stand? Whole horse. Yeah. Uh, who who, who likes else? to travel the world and bang ladies. Yeah. Whole horse. Yeah. It fits. I, we thought of this independently. A lot of people thought of this independently. Some of our fans have written to us about it. And it's pretty obvious that Whole Horse was traveling the world, banged an Italian woman. Also, Whole Horse loves to be number two. That's true. Oh That's really important to this theory You're in my right. head. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we never get anything about <laughs> Mista's parents. He just sprang fully formed from the sidewalk yeah. wearing khaki pants. <laughs> right. And a, a and, a, and a purple a, beanie. Yeah. And he's kind of, uh, and he's like, you know, happy-go-lucky generally. So, yeah. And he's chill. Yeah. And, yeah, he doesn't like to think too hard. Whole Horse used a woman as a tool or food. That's yes. right. And Mista was created. Yes. Yeah. No, that's, and so, like. Or he's an impreg workaround and Iraqi just didn't bother to write it. But I honestly, Whole Horse, one of the few canon heterosexuals. Yeah, I'd buy that Whole Horse's head. I have I have hang-ups about that for for completely <laughs> insane reasons, which is just that Well, thank God you're not on a podcast that makes space for <laughs> which that. Which is just that that like in the the OVA, they have Whole Horse and Polnareff have that sexually charged that one sexually charged <laughs> conversation, and it is by the voice actors of 
Brian Tall and Mittermeier. Yeah, you know, I think I could probably take a quiz on names of various characters from Legend of Galactic Heroes just from you talking about it on this podcast. I'm just saying that any time that the voice actors who play Brian Tall and Mittermeier talk about each other's butts, you know that there's some some shit going on. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying that he didn't have an experimental experience with Polnareff. They probably found a hotel room that had like a really good bathroom, and so Polnareff was in a good mood. In and was case, like, he was like, horse, fine, you want to jerk each other off? We can jerk each other off. In any off. case, Whole Horse is, in fact, not particularly gay. Yes. No, yeah. Despite being based on cowboy tropes, which are inherently very gay. gay. Yeah. Rocky was like, what if a cowboy but straight and never did it again? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, it turns out I just like drawing these chaps. <laughs> but I want to stick with my regular boys. So fan canon is that whole horses missed his dad and it's correct yeah. i mean just like canon if it if it's not contradicted who's to say it's not true so so yeah so that's that's why mista has gun powers he's a second generation yeah. gun stand user yeah what else happens in this episode oh right we get the name of salt stand Craftwork, which is a band or group nothing about this yeah. this stand has ever been able to stick in my mind yeah, I like the, the localization. The localization it translation is pretty much a fan translation. Is arts and crafts because that actually makes more sense to me because this is basically like a decoupage or collage stand where he can just stick things to Yeah, things. he's like he's really good at making those macaroni uh, yeah. uh collages. Yeah, I mean I think the idea is that craft work is the music reference that's closest to arts and crafts. Yes. <laughs> no, I sure. Do you get it? Yes. <laughs> Kraftwerk is power plant in German. But in English, it means arts and crafts. Craft working, yes. I like the stuff that he does with his stand where he like throws the rocks and then climbs on the rocks, which terrifies me because I don't like heights. So like that scene fucks me up. Uh, but I think it's cool. Like I think the thing with the bullet tapping actually translates really well into the anime because you get the audio of him tapping the bullet over and over. It still doesn't make too much sense to me, Darius. You said you could explain. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's storing the momentum. So like if you fixed something completely in space and then put energy into it, that energy would have to go somewhere and presumably it just gets stored up like a spring and then when you release it, it goes. Like the momentum has to hmm. has to do something. What I don't understand is why it makes a gun sound when it goes <laughs> off. Like at, at worst, it should make a big bunk. Yeah, which is funny because Misty actually has a line about gunshots. Is it this episode? It's last episode, it's a, but... Yeah. I actually really like that bit where the guy runs up, he's like, what was that? And Misty's like, oh, it was gunshots. It's but, not as loud as yeah. in the movies, but... But like, but yeah, and... I'm busy right now, so I'm going to go fire my gun some more. I'm evil. Um, I really... This is not evil. No, but he's a bad guy. He's a, he's a mobster doing mob things, and everyone else is not, which is, again, it's that thing of, like, they're trying not to, like, involve civilians. Yeah. But he's dangerous. But, yeah, it shouldn't... Because the sound that a gun makes is actually the gunpowder in the yeah, casing. Yeah, it's, it's the igniting. So, yeah, it doesn't have a casing and doesn't have gunpowder anymore. So, yeah, it shouldn't. It should just make a little pop. I yeah. want to know how salt's shirt stays up. I think it must be like stiff material. Oh, he used his power. <laughs> sticky. Well, because we've Obviously. discussed like, so his, 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 I walked his, right into that. Wow. His yeah. power is like weird because it's like clearly he never turns it off. Right. It's not like the bullet once it hits his skin because like Mista shoots him in the head but it doesn't, he stops it. Like once the bullet touches him, Salt stops it. But he like keeps stopping. Like it's it's not like 
he ever releases right. his powers. Right. So like once something's really close, it's he is like super powerful. So he has a ton of very fine control over it too. Yeah. Because he can release some of it without releasing the important parts. Right. Yeah. So that's which is like cool. I actually think it's just like a very useful stand. Like I think it's a really good non-villain. Stand. Yeah, like I mean, I would you'd be able to like hang pictures in your house and then like step should back. Should have been crooked. Should have been Naranja's stand. Would have actually been more helpful. Yes, yeah. and also less dumb. Yep. Yes. Um, but yeah, he uh, he ends up getting killed. Well, technically not killed. Mostly not killed. Uh, he gets a traumatic brain injury because Mista ends up shooting a second bullet into. He does the Robin Hood. He shoots the second thing into right. the location of the first. Thing. But also, it's like a reverse Robin Hood because he shoots a half of a bullet yeah. into a right. whole bullet. Yeah. But also, uh, one thing I wanted to mention is that at some point in this, and this is not the last time that Mister will say this exact thing, but uh, when he says like, "If I can just shoot into his mouth," <laughs> and. In, so I have referenced before and yet forgotten to tweet about this one Tumblr where this person talks a lot about the translation of Vento Oreo. It's specifically before there was like an official English translation, which the anime is the only one that we have so far. And talking about how like Mista in particular makes a lot of double, okay, single entendres, <laughs> like having to do with like shooting into men's mouths i mean it just is what it is um and in and it's hard he's just talking about his bullet yeah Liz. i don't and, get it well the thing is that apparent that according to this writer and translator it's diff like one of the challenges with translating mista in particular is that you want it to stay suggestive without being like like stay you don't want to get rid of the suggestiveness that's in the Japanese, but you also don't want to make it like too over the top. Right. How do I, like a porno dialogue. Right. How do I shoot my hot wad right. into his mouth? Well, yeah. but like, the, yeah. like, right. But apparently like in the Japanese, it is in fact suggestive. So translating it directly to if I can shoot into his mouth. I mean, I don't know if it's this case that I know that there's one in a later chapter that apparently that was the one that this translator was talking about, but it may like lose some of its meaning to take the seemingly accidental yeah. sexuality out of it. Right. Um, so yeah, so I think that's really interesting. So he is actually like a horned up boy who says dumb horny things. Yeah. All the There's time. a lot of lines yeah. in this one from both the bad guy and Mista uh, in this episode in particular that I think there were like at least three that I was like, whoa. All right. yeah. <laughs> Which again, it's like, it's a bunch of teenagers, but like, but apparently according like, to this, this blog, like it's, Th- this stuff is not like just accidental like oh in translation it sounds right no like, it's, it's that, way. that yeah. way yeah yeah which like i think is fitting because i think iraqi's finally really doing real delinquents yeah and real gay people too yeah <laughs> well, uh, seriously yeah yeah. yeah yeah we haven't gotten there yet but yeah like there's a, there's like canonical gay people in here which yeah. i appreciate um i appreciate david productions didn't like no, steer away from that no they leaned into it which is nice <laughs> throughout this episode there's been like a running gag with Mista giving the truck driver different directions as the fight sort of changes where he's like, Oh no, stop. Oh no, no. Turn around. We're going back to the Marina. Oh no drive. Like who told you to stop? Like, you know, like sort of stressing him out. Yeah. And which is, you know, fine. It's comedy. And then, but the punchline is that then once they get back to the Marina and Mista is dragging the, uh, now injured Zucchero. Saleh. Saleh. Right. Zucchero is already, as far as I'm concerned, Zucchero's head and body are just left separated 
on like when they return that sailing boat, they're just like, don't look in the hold. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't they just throw him in the water? That's true. But yeah, I just, I, Zucara is gone. So Mrs. Dragging Sale back towards Bruno and everybody else, presumably. But Giorno runs up to the truck and is like, I need you to take me to the top of the mountain. Like right away. Right, Cause Giorno thinks Mist is still up there. Yeah. And I, I don't think they follow up on that. I think that's just no, a joke a at the end, but that's cute. Um, also, this is another uh, one of those things that Iraqi apparently cares about, which is poor, innocent bystander truck driver. I know. This guy lives, unlike the guy that Jotaro just ruthlessly murders, <laughs> which I will never let go of. Um, it's just an unmarked grave in the desert somewhere. Basically, the truck <laughs> from Stardust Crusaders that Jotaro kills the driver of belongs in Vendorio and this truck which is just the victim of some some gags belongs in Stardust Crusaders yeah although I mean switch the truck Stardust Crusaders was really hard on helicopter pilots like it just you know a, a lot of a lot of people moving in like air and pilots like airplane pilots like in car drive like if you were a moving vehicle operator yeah that's true life didn't go so good for you so at least in this one again it's like he's a civilian like Mista knows, you know, never shoots him. Doesn't even really like. I think honestly, the most certain thing that happens, other than having you know, villains steal his truck, is that uh, Jorno like breaks his dashboard, <laughs> yelling earnestly about how he needs to get the truck going. <laughs> like slams his fist into it and he dents it. So, you know, he's he's having a bad day, but it could be much worse. He just doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> He never heard about the the string of murders in the eighties throughout <laughs> Asia. That's true. So yeah, um, and then that's the end of the episode. It's just you know things are fine. The fight's over. Yep. There's not. I don't have a ton to say about this because this is one of those like oh it's a fight episodes, and there's just a lot of fight. It's just the fight, and it's yeah. like fine. Well, and the backstory. Yeah. The backstory. We is do. Good shit. And we talked right. about that, but yeah, but it's just you know. It's like, I feel like half the episode is them trying to do the, like, how many, are you out of bullets? Oh yeah, Mr. Keeps bullets in his hat. Of course he does. Don't, yes. don't, don't think too hard yeah. about that. He has pockets inside there or something. He like just nods his head real fast. Fan and then- fiction loves to reference that fact. <laughs> but like, Jorno took off Mr.'s hat and bullets fell out. I'm like, shut up. I'm trying to pay attention. <laughs> JoJo's Bizarre Explainer is recorded in Portland, Aura, Aura, Oregon. You can follow us on Twitter at ExplainJoJo or find us on the web at ExplainJoJo.com. We love to hear from our listeners, so please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us the kind of review that Mista would leave for the Bridges of Madison County or Pretty Woman. 